0: Hello, and welcome to The Mastering Show. My name's Ian Shepherd, I'm a mastering engineer, and I run the Production of Device website, where my aim is to help you get the best results recording, mixing, and mastering your music. And with me as always is John Tidy from reaperblog.net. Hi, John, how are you doing?
1: Hi, Ian, doing well. I'm ready to talk about LUFS one more
0: time. Well, you you say that, but... um, Let's be honest, when I said to you what the topic of this show was going to be, um, namely, Spotify are moving towards using LUFS normalization, your response was?
1: Well, I don't use Spotify. <laughs> so why do you care? Yeah, why, oh, no, Spotify is one of the biggest streaming services, but it's not the one that everyone uses. And for me personally, it's not something that I ever think about. But uh, so yeah, so I'll be, I'll be the side of our audience that doesn't care about Spotify, but you help everyone else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm going to try and persuade you that it is important, or at least that it's kind of interesting. Right,
1: right. I don't think you'll persuade me to, to buy the streaming service when I already have two that I, I use.
0: Oh, no. And I'm I'm not trying to persuade anybody to buy the streaming service, to be honest. In fact, you know, um, whenever I post about Spotify, I get a ton of comments um, of people complaining about their business practices. And uh, honestly, I have a lot of sympathy for that. So, yeah, yeah I think there are other streaming services are available um, and they offer better quality and similar pricing and similar sized catalogs. So maybe you should be thinking about those. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe we should edit that out. But <laughs> I, I think it's it's
1: somewhat valid and relevant i mean there are a lot of streaming services out there um i don't know if i have a favorite there's like pros and cons of all of them maybe we should just spend a few minutes on this just because i've got i guess we could i mean
0: i i would i do have a favorite so um but i'll save that for a minute and hear what you have to say about it i mean i think just to kind of bookend the comment we just made i do find it curious that spotify gets so much anger directed at them um, and I suspect it's because they're very direct and very open about what they're doing and their goals. But last time I checked, YouTube pays something like 10 times less per stream or maybe even 100 times less per stream. I mean, it's it's way, way less for YouTube streams. So YouTube do have this the content ID um, system, you know, where they will identify if your music is used by somebody and you will get payments, mm-hmm. so that's good. Nobody kind of seems to be tackling YouTube, at least – not. In, they don't draw the same kind of anger that Spotify seemed to. No, I don't don't think so. Yeah, YouTube
1: gets a lot of hate from everything else that they do. Uh, I used to use (laughs) Apple Music and I liked it, but it was kind of terrible on Windows. Right now I'm using uh, YouTube Music, but I also have an Amazon Prime account. Um, And I have a Prime account because where I live now, It's the only way to like get furniture or anything. So, so, you know, for the, for that service, I also get music and TV and, and with YouTube, I, I, I'm subscribed. So there's no ads and I'm subscribed because I watch so much that I still want to support the people that I watch. And, but that is, that has become my main um, music service. And I haven't really thought much about audio quality or anything like that, haven't run into normalization, anything like that, where I've been concerned about the sound quality or noticed something sounding different from one day to the next or anything like that. It sounds fine in my headphones when I'm out for a walk and it sounds fine in my studio monitors. My only complaint is that sometimes I can't find something where the album art's wrong and there's no way to like flag it for a correction or something like that. That's all I had to say, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that, that, that's interesting because I, uh, I also have Amazon Prime, but I don't use the music service at all. I'm interested in what you're saying about YouTube music because I don't think YouTube music has any kind of normalization at all that I'm aware of, at least not, time, not last time I checked. Um, so it's kind of interesting that, that that doesn't get in the way of you enjoying using the service at all. I don't know how much you listen to playlists or stuff on shuffle.
1: Right, I, and I always listen to albums. It's always an album all the way through. Okay,
0: so you put the first song on, you adjust the volume, and you're good. Well,
1: calibrated monitoring. (laughs) So, (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Long story short.
0: So, I mean, I've had Apple Music since it first came out, um, and it's just a convenience thing. I mean, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with 256 kilobits per second AAC. Um, It was a real eye-opener the first time I used the codec preview in Wavelab. Um, to do a direct comparison and heard how much impact it has on the stereo image, and I do find that disappointing. Um, But it's perfectly listenable, especially on earbuds and out and about, and the convenience of it for me and having it integrated with everything else that's in my music library, because I already had gigabytes worth of music, you know, that had been ripped and that I'd I'd bought already. So to have all that in one place is great. Um, On my Mac, I'm using and really liking Quobuz, which is... I think, much less well-known as a as a platform. It's Never a French service, and it's basically lossless streaming. So you get CD audio or 24-bit, 2496, whatever you choose, if it's available. And unlike Tidal, the waters are not clouded by the whole MQA issue. Tidal uses this thing called Master Quality Authenticated, um, which can give you higher specification audio but there's some kind of lossy processing built in there and there's it's a bit of a smoke and mirrors thing i mean i have to say whenever i've listened to tidal i've thought it sounded great um and i know lots of people who use it and love it so uh it's not to knock it at all but uh yeah quobuz is the the one that i'm using at the moment that i really enjoy and i i really enjoy listening to lossless audio i have to say Especially, interestingly enough, with albums that have other sonic compromises. So if there is super loud stuff, for example, I find I am likely to dislike it even more when I listen to the Apple Music version, to the AAC version, than when I listen to the Lossless version. The example that springs to mind is the last Madonna album, where I remember you know, most new releases by major artists, I will give a quick listen if I notice them being released, um, just to, in the hope that somebody is going to have released something with Sane Dynamics, um, as opposed to, you know, minus seven LUFS or whatever it is. And, uh, that wasn't the case for the Madonna album. It was pushed pretty hard, not horrendously, but, you know, pretty loud. So business as usual. Um, and I was listening to it on Apple music and was just kind of, um, but around about the same time I was testing Quobuz and just out of curiosity, I fired up the same album there and listening to the lossless audio stream, you know, not kind of high specification, just 1644. I just disliked it a lot less. (laughs) Um, And I heard some stuff that I liked about the sound, you know, about the sonics and about the production, um, in a way that I didn't in the album music. So that's a kind of maybe an interesting tangent. Yeah. Um, you know, you can also buy lossless audio from HG tracks, um, And I think you know all of these services ultimately, I'm sure, are going to go lossless uh, and higher specification for people who want that. So it probably doesn't matter at this stage, and it's probably a case of convenience is going to win as usual.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's talk about what's happening with Spotify. What's the big news here?
0: So the big news is that they are moving to LUFS normalization. They are going to their default normalization level is going to be minus 14 LUFS, and at this point. If we were more highly produced, we would insert a record scratch sound effect because a lot of people listening, certainly a lot of people who kind of saw the blog post that I put out on this topic, uh, thought that that was already happening. You know, yeah. everybody's been talking about LUFS and minus 14 LUFS for ages. YouTube moved to LUFS and chose minus 14, I think last year sometime, maybe it's longer ago. Um, before that Spotify used to have a higher loudness normalization level and they reduced it down to approximately minus 14 LUFS so yeah most people think it's already happened and it hasn't which is one kind of mildly interesting point that we could talk a bit more about but the you know the main uh response I get when I tell people this is well who cares um (laughs) in the sense that, you know, they're all roughly minus 14. They've all been roughly minus 14 for a while. We know this, you know, what's the big deal? Would you say that was your reaction as well, or...?
1: Um, I knew that they ha- they weren't doing it before, but I think if I wasn't doing this podcast with you on a regular basis, I wouldn't have known that. I, w- I would have missed that, or I would have just assumed that they're all the same.
0: Right, kind of with good reason, because actually, I mean, it says on... Uh, Spotify's website itself, they there's a there's an FAQ page where, um, to their credit, they explain exactly uh, a whole load of details about the audio processing and the the stuff that they put out. And they say our reference level is approximately minus 14 LUFS, but we use replay gain, which is this older system. And it's it's particularly confusing because the you know replay gain has been around for ages, and the new version or the new latest version of the specification actually says you should use LUFS. So even if you kind of knew that they used replay gain, you could go and look at that and end up thinking that they used <laughs> LFS anyway. And the, the reason that it's important uh, is that those two systems can give different measurements. And we actually talked about this in the last episode, and I used the analogy that people seem to like, um, that measuring loudness is a bit like the feels-like temperature estimate that you get in a weather forecast. So, you know, the temperature that the thermometer measures is... 12 degrees or whatever it is this time of year uh but depending on the wind chill and the humidity and whether or not the sun is out the temperature feels like it might be something different it might feel slightly warmer it might feel slightly colder so they try and represent that in the forecast by giving it a different number and the same thing's true when you measure loudness there is an absolute loudness that's whatever is coming out of the speakers or whatever the sound around you is being measured at um But the LUFS and the replay gain measurements try and figure out how loud it feels to us um, and give something that's more useful than just a straight blank measurement, if you like. And when you run replay gain and LUFS on the same piece of music, sometimes you will get values that are different by as much as 3 dBs. So that means that if you thought Spotify were using minus 14 already and you tested your music at minus 14 you might then find when you upload it that you get a result that's very different than you might expect for anybody who's new to this topic the key point is not minus 14 that the actual number is not that important it's just a reference level it's just the level that the streaming services turn louder music down to to stop us being annoyed by sudden changes in volume but the important thing is how does your music sound when they do that in comparison to other stuff that you would like it to sound similar to. you know. So if your favorite artist sounds a particular way when it's normalized to minus 14, you're gonna want yours to sound similar when it's normalized to minus 14 as well. And if it ends up being normalized to something else, because Spotify or wherever we're using Replay Gain, it might sound quieter. And that could be surprising and disappointing to you. So that's one reason why this is kind of interesting is just that People thought it had already happened, and it hasn't.
1: So now they are using minus 14 LUFS, but other than that it's changed, what's the interesting part about this?
0: Fair question. (laughs) Um, Yeah, on the face of it, okay, so they weren't using minus 14, okay, fine, now they are. That just makes it all simpler, right? So now you have Tidal, YouTube, Spotify, and Amazon Music all using minus 14. That just makes things way simpler, and that... I think, is something that makes it interesting. We've done episodes on the problem with loudness normalization. And one of the big problems is it's complicated. It's hard to keep track of. You know, it's it's why we developed the loudness penalty website with meter plugs to try and help people kind of find their way through this. So making it simpler is a good thing. So that's great. The problem is it's not going to be quite that simple immediately. And the reason for that is that the You know, the title of this episode is Spotify Begin the Move Towards Minus 14 LUFS, and they have begun the move towards Minus 14 LUFS, but it hasn't happened everywhere yet, and it hasn't happened for everything. So whether or not you think this is interesting and anything to be paid attention to kind of depends on your attitude to the whole thing. You know, if uh, basically you're interested in knowing that in six months or a year's time, you know how your music is going to sound on Spotify then you can basically just say okay I'll use minus 14 LUFS as my my reference point for testing from now on and leave it at that um and I just want to again regular people listening to this show uh will know we keep saying this minus 14 is not a target nobody is suggesting you should master your music at minus 14 or any other particular LUFS We don't want all our music to sound the same loudness. And the point of talking about all these numbers is just to know what will happen when your music is on one of these services so that you can preview it and make sure you're happy about that. And if you're not happy about it, you have the chance to fix it before it's too late, especially if you're mastering stuff for clients. you know, They're going to expect you to understand this stuff um, and be able to deal with it appropriately.
1: So it's going to take a while for them to implement this change. So let's say in six months, it's... It's going to be simple, but
0: for right now, what's happening? I think the the easiest way to think about this is, you know, back until now or until recently, they've been using replay gain. So that measurement was made when you uploaded your file to their servers and it was stored in the file. And when the file gets played back, the player reads the value um, and says, okay, I need to turn this down by three dBs or up by a dB or whatever the decision is. So that's everything that had been uploaded in the past. They have now changed it so that anything that gets uploaded from now on and into the future will be measured using LUFS instead of replay gain. So right now, if you're uploading, minus 14 LUFS is the number to have in mind. That's how they're going to assess the loudness. The question is, what do they do about all those old songs, old in inverted commas, prior to recently? Um, So we reached out to them, and the answer is that They have actually already remeasured their entire catalog using LUFS and stored all of those numbers uh, in a gigantic database. So in future, rather than reading the values out of the files that use the old replay gain values, they're going to read the new values from the database and use those. So in future, six months or a year or whenever that is, everything is going to be normalized using LUFS so you will know exactly where you are. But in between now and that happening, they have to change all of the player software, so the iOS app, the Android app, um, the desktop app, to use that database instead of the values embedded in the files. And then they have to distribute those to everybody, and the majority of people have to upgrade. So right now, we're in a situation where new songs that you upload are going to be Normalized using LUFS, old songs may be normalized using replay gain, or they may be normalized using LUFS if you've updated your player recently. And then the final change is that they need to roll this change out over all the different territories. So in the past, when we've noticed that they've made changes to their normalization, uh, it tends to be mainland Europe that sees those changes first the UK and the US tend to follow a bit later and then it kind of rolls around the globe um, and that's you know pretty standard in deploying software. So in practical terms what that means is this change isn't going to happen immediately and from now on for at least a month or two we're going to be in this situation where new music is measured using LUFS but the old music may not be. So when you're trying to can make the comparison that we're talking about, do the test of, okay, how is my music going to sound? It's more complicated because you're never going to be entirely sure which value you're going to be listening to. Are you thinking this is a nightmare? It is. And
1: what makes it worse, and it's still something that could change in the future, uh, Spotify does their normalization differently than everyone else, even though they're using the same reference now, but they do positive gain for quiet songs, and they use a limiter. and they're I think they're the only service that uses a limiter
0: absolutely right. Yeah. Um, in fact, they're the they're not only the only service that uses a limiter, but they're the only service that turns things up. I think actually, maybe that's not true. Maybe Pandora do, but they have a much lower reference level. so um it's less of an issue. Um, and then there's a further level of complication, which is that, Spotify actually have three normalization levels. So the default is minus 14, but if you are a subscriber to their service, you can go into the settings of the player and you can choose uh, two other normalization levels. There's one for listening in loud environments, which plays stuff back louder at minus 11 LUFS. And there's one for quiet environments that uh, plays it back at minus 23 LUFS, uh, which is the same as the broadcast standard around the world let's say you master your music and it turns out to be minus 12 and you test it on Spotify and uh, it will be turned down by a couple of dBs and played at minus 14 and you're completely happy with that. You listen to some similar reference material and you think, yep, I'm good to go. But then the user decides to use the loud setting, the minus 11 LUFS setting, your song gets turned up by a dB instead and gets an extra dB of limiting from Spotify's limiter. Now, that's always been the case, but another interesting, (laughs) maybe, difference between Replay Gain and LUFS is that Replay Gain is actually more aggressive in terms of the gain reduction on songs with short sections of very loud material. So, usually that tends to mean, if anything, your song will be turned down a bit more on Spotify than it would have been on YouTube, for example, which uses LUFS. Now they've switched that over, that's not going to be the case. So you might have mastered your music kind of feeling comfortable that, oh, it's going to get turned down quite a bit and it's not going to hit the limiter. Now at the higher normalization level, it actually ends up getting more limiting, or it might even get some extra limiting at the default minus 14 LUFS level. What's the expression? It's it's
1: complicated. <laughs>
0: Well, it is complicated, but
1: <laughs> What do we do about it?
0: Yeah, another good question. And again, the answer to that is it depends on your attitude to it. You know, if you are looking at the long term, a few months into the future, when most people have updated their applications and they're hearing everything normalized using LUFS, really, you don't need to do anything. Um, it makes things simpler because you don't have to worry about the possible differences between Spotify and YouTube anymore. You just master your music, test it at minus 14 LUFS, um, and move on. You know, it depends on your attitude to, to Spotify using a limiter, I guess. If you're concerned about the idea that your music might get turned up and incur extra limiting, then maybe you choose to limit the music yourself a little bit more aggressively, perhaps. But, you know, even minus 11 LUFS is reasonably conservative by modern mastering standards. Um, I mean, that's about the loudest that I would want to go, but there's a load of stuff out there that's much, much louder. So I think, you know, in, in that case, it, things are pretty simple. It's, you know, we're going to have minus 14 LUFS going forward, and that's all you need to know. If the replay level on Spotify is something that you or your clients are concerned about, then I think you need to pay attention because, um, I mean, this is certainly something that's happened to me. I've had multiple clients come to me and say, oh, you know, We've released these tracks and they're not playing back the way that we would like them to on Spotify. You know, can you help? And very often, knowing how replay gain works and using the loudness penalty website, um, and just because of the the mastering strategies that I use, I am able to get a result that everybody is happier with um, and sounds just as good musically, if not slightly better. You know, I mean, I mentioned that the way that replay gain turns down things that have short bursts of loudness. You know, Having a short, loud section in a song is definitely a musical effect that you might want to go to, but it's a question of how much louder. Um, and there's, there's, as with everything else, there's a, there's a balancing act to be struck there. Um, and the, you know, the good news is, in my experience, when you do something that feels musically satisfying, it works really well with the normalisation as well. So it's a, it's a win-win. But um, if the, the previous version of the song that was uploaded uh, was done in a different way it might not work as well as people would expect. So there's an opportunity there to improve it. Yeah, it's certainly something that I know people are concerned about. Um, And if that applies to people listening to this or to your clients or to your friends, if you're, you know, I mean, depending on what kind of mastering you're doing, then I think you should still pay attention to the difference between the replay gain and the LUFS value so that you know that in this transition period for the next few months or so, um, you're still going to get consistent results whichever way the song is normalized. And the good news is that we're going to update the loudness Penalty website and plug in. The website in particular is free for anybody who, who wants it, you know, so anybody who wants to can go there and we will have the new Spotify normalization value and the, we're calling it the legacy value, the replay gain. So you'll be able to see both of those and compare them. And if they're similar, then you're good to go um, because you know, it's not going to make much difference which way the song gets measured or what it gets played back against. If you find that there's a big difference between the new LUFS value and the legacy replay gain value, then maybe, you know, you're in the situation of wanting to think about whether you want to make some different mastering decisions or, you know, uh, whether you're comfortable with that being different for a couple of months. I mean, you know, I think it's easy to You know, I spent the whole kind of episode trying to persuade you and people listening that this is something they should be interested in. Um, There is plenty of testing out there that suggests that end users really don't care that much. Uh, You know, that even when songs are as much as two or three dBs different, they don't mind. It's just music. They still enjoy it. You know, I think there is definitely um, a case to be made that it is artists and producers and mastering engineers who are obsessed with this issue and actually out in the real world, it doesn't really mean that much. You know, that makes the loudness war all the more tragic because it was probably completely pointless. Um, but it also means probably we can all just relax about this stuff a bit and kind of say, well, you know, if this song's going to be a couple of DBs quieter than we expected on Spotify in some parts of the world, or for people who haven't updated their app recently. Okay, that's fine. Uh, you know, so I think, overall, I would probably say that people can be relaxed about it. But if you have clients who care about this, then, you know, there's an opportunity for you to be a bit of a superhero for the next few months, um, in terms of being able to understand this stuff and get a better result for them.
1: Sounds good. It's good that we have tools like loudness penalty to help us understand this and, and see how this affects our music.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it was people being confused about it that gave us the idea to to produce the site in the first place um and we get a ton of messages from people you know saying that they find it helpful so that that's really good to know um and you know the really good news is okay it's going to be a bit confusing um if you if you're paying attention to this for the next few months but once this change is rolled out fully things are going to be a lot simpler you know that's f- the four major streaming services i would say all using the same method that's not strictly true because there's Spotify's three different levels and the fact that they use a limiter and there's the fact that uh tidal use album normalization all the time so they don't even if you're listening in a playlist they will retain the original musical differences between songs in an album which i think is a really cool feature and i hope that i hope that rolls out you know i guess what i'm saying is we're seeing standardization and i think that's good because th- this whole normalization situation has been so confusing Um, for the last year or two with kind of constant changes and differences between platforms so the more consistent it becomes the better Um, and ultimately you know I'm still part of the the conversation at the AES for the recommendations I mean currently the AES recommend uh, I think it's minus 18 LUFS plus or minus a dB or so for reference levels for streaming and all of the streaming services except for iTunes are way above that currently so I hope that uh those levels will come down in future because that gives us more flexibility to master the way that we would like to to make the music sound good which really is the most important thing you know that's the benefit of normalization is you don't need to worry about in air quotes competing with something that's super loud um and if the reference levels are reduced, you know, people can just turn up the volume control and everybody has more creative flexibility, uh, which is going to be a good thing. I think the, the final thing to mention on this, uh, just kind of before we round it up, is that the one outlier still is Apple Music. Normalization is off by default in iTunes. So some people are not hearing any kind of normalization at all there. So I guess to a degree, you could say that the loudness war is still in full effect there. Um, but the the main thing to notice is that although on average their reference level is about minus 16 they use this other system of (laughs) measuring loudness again yet another feels like estimate of loudness called sound check and the values in that can be very different than the lufs values you know spotify the most you were likely to see was maybe two or three dbs but i've regularly seen values on Uh, the soundcheck normalization that are four or five dBs different. Um, Now, soundcheck is completely proprietary, so nobody knows exactly how it works, but we have emulated it pretty closely on the loudness penalty website. Um, So I think one thing that's important to say is that if Apple Music is important to you and to your clients and the normalization effect there, you should definitely use the loudness penalty website um, to assess the music there, not an LUFS estimate, because the LUFS version could be way off. There's a load of kind of complicated details. It's like, oh, it's much simpler, but, 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 but gradually things are getting closer and closer together and standardizing. And I'm optimistic that in a few years' time we're going to look back on all of this and, you know, think, well, what was all the fuss about? You know, normalization is there. It works pretty well. You know, we can just get on with making the music sound great, which is what we all got into it for in the first place and then we'll die and none of it will uh, have meant anything (laughs) well no then there'll be a solar flare that will wipe out all the computer systems on the earth and we'll be back to the stone age so nobody will give a damn anyway that's optimistic (laughs) and before we had a global pandemic i used to think that was unlikely and now i'm not so sure anything could happen now (laughs) (laughs) well you kind of believe that anything could happen now can you um I think we need to sum this up, John, by me asking, you know, did that persuade you that this matters, or actually, are you still meh about the whole thing?
1: I think I approach this a little bit more from the like the consumer side than the obsessive mastering engineer side. Um, you calling me obsessive? That's fair. Well, I mean, y- you do dedicate a lot of RAM to this, right? <laughs> 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 you know at the end of the day no one gets hurt and and we already know that like loudness doesn't affect sales no one doesn't buy an album or doesn't listen to a song that they like because it's slightly quieter than they'd like like they might not listen to it because it's too loud but the normalization helps with that as long as people are aware of it and and not just trying to be louder than everything else Ever. At the end of the day, I just want to listen to good music. That's about it.
0: I I think that's very wise. Um, And honestly, I mean, it's interesting because I do appear to spend a huge amount of time thinking about this stuff. But actually, to a large extent, that's because people are interested in it. People keep asking me about it. (laughs) Um, It wasn't me who noticed that the Spotify have changed to LEFS. You know, that was people using the website emailing saying hey this seems to have happened are you seeing this um so it's it's kind of got to the point now where it's almost impossible for me not to think about the issue because (laughs) um you know in this catch 22 situation but i think the interesting thing to say is i you know Again, people who are kind of critical of this approach and say, we shouldn't care about normalization. We shouldn't care about the numbers. We should just do what's right for the music. I completely agree with that. That's, that's
1: always been your stance on it anyways. You're, by being aware of this, by not mastering super loud, you are doing what's best for the music.
0: Exactly. And also, I don't have to worry about normalization at all. I just do what I do to make the music sound the way that I think it sounds great. And I run it through... Lambda's penalty or an LEFS meter, or whatever, and look at the results and go, yep, that's about right. You know, it's this hasn't been a problem for me. Um, I've never had to compromise the art for the numbers. You know, people get this impression that I'm obsessed with the numbers and that maybe that's how I master. You know, I'm sitting there watching the meter going, oh, it's a little bit, you know, I'm not at this level or that level. And that's not how it works at all. I, I master it so that it sounds good to me. And then I do do a final check um, because I, you know, due diligence, I feel that's part of mastering has always been about optimizing the material for the destination format and in this time 80 or 90 percent of that is online so i feel like we need to do these checks and understand it um, as part of the the service um but yeah it's it's just a check and it's like okay that works move on that's my hope is that that's how it'll be for everybody um eventually um so yeah we'll, we'll see what happens Anyway, thank you, John, for being the voice of reason, as always. (laughs) My pleasure. Thanks to Kaylee Law for letting us use his music. If you've enjoyed this episode or other episodes, uh, please share it with your friends so that other people can find it. And maybe go to themasteringshow.com forward slash review to leave us a rating or review, because that helps people discover the show for themselves. And as always, thanks for listening.